everyone, it's Leela here with another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's Bible study. I pray you are doing well. Um, I want to uh, always invite you to join me to read in the Word of God so that we can study and practically apply it in our lives and also so that we can find the purpose of our lives. And sometimes in looking for the purpose for our lives, that requires literally having a conversation with God. It requires prayer. It requires asking things of him. But sometimes we make the mistake of asking for things that we actually do not need. And um, we become frustrated because those prayers aren't answered. And I want to give you some context and some insight into uh, the ways in which you pray, the things that you want out of life um, that will help you to reach your purpose a bit better. So what we're going to do is go into the Word of God. If you can go ahead and grab your Bible, we are going to read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 13. And I think this is great to read in Genesis because Genesis is the beginning. It tells us a lot about the reason for the creation, why God created a lot of things, and the purpose for them. And so we learn about ourselves in this manner too, and the mistakes that others have made before us. So let's go ahead and get started. Our anchor text is Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 and 13, and it reads, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Why art, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And so I think this is a great set of scriptures. If you have a chance, go ahead and read the whole chapter. It talks about kind of the fall of mankind, but I think there's a lot of purpose and there's a lot of understanding that we can get from reading this. For one thing that I noticed is that um, when uh, Adam was questioned by God, he said, it is the woman that you gave to be with me. So this also reveals some purpose and reasons behind why God gave, why God created Eve. Eve was created to be with Adam. So we have more of this confirmation. And there's a great Bible study here at Anchor FM or wherever you are, you know, uh, enjoying this Bible study. You know, maybe it's at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever. Um, you can actually find a Bible study called Why Eve? God's Good Gift. And it's a great um explanation of purpose in terms of women. Um, So I want to also point out in this verse that they hid because they knew they were naked. Now, we all know that part of the scripture 
In fact, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid myself. He says that specifically. And so we're looking now at the beginning of shame and inadequacy. And we just did a Bible study on forgiving oneself and dealing with shame. And I want to encourage you to uh, listen to that Bible study and glean some of the scriptures there because a lot of times that shame and that feeling of inadequacy, it drives us to ask for things we don't need. It drives us to do things that we don't need to do. And so many of our prayers are based on asking for things we actually don't need but want because of shame or more accurately the knowledge of good and evil and this sometimes makes us ask amiss as it says in James chapter 4 verse 3 where the Lord talks about us asking for things and not receiving them because we ask with a certain kind of motive and so just because you don't have something um it's not really a problem Um, I think a lot of times we don't realize that just because we're inadequate in some way or naked, it isn't really a problem to God. I mean, we think it's a problem, but it's not really a problem for God. If you can remember about Moses when he had a speech impediment, for whatever reason, that just did not matter to God. And I think for us, we're so uh, overwrought or you know preoccupied with being good enough or good as other people. And so just because you don't have it isn't really a problem, especially because God has everything. So if he wanted you to have something, he could just give it to you. You know, if he decides and you're walking down the street that you're going to need a car at, you know, uh, 21st Street, he'll just make sure you have one at 21st Street. But a lot of times we start worrying at 1st Street, like, oh dear, I think I need it. And God just wants you to relax keep walking, enjoy the journey. When 21st Street comes, he who has everything will give you what you need. So much of our doubt and lack of faith is because of knowledge. If you didn't know that you needed a car at 21st Street, how could you worry about it? And that is what the fear, I'm sorry, that is what the knowledge of good and evil has done to us. If you can remember Jesus told Peter to come out onto the water in Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. But it says in that verse that when when Peter saw the waves, he actually kind of discerned the possibility of evil, that he could sink, and he became afraid. So he started sinking. So he asked the Lord for help. And I want to show you something. He asked for help, and this was something that he actually didn't need because God had already told him to come. God had already enabled him to walk on the water. So he already had the help that he was asking for and didn't actually need to ask for it because he had the ability to walk on the water. So sometimes we get into situations and we think that God can only help us in a certain kind of way when we look around at the circumstances, when God can help us in a myriad of ways. Don't put God in a box. But this man was so afraid, and I think understandably in some senses, because he looked and saw the waves, that he said, God help me, don't let me drown. It's like coming to God's house and knocking on the door, and God is on the inside, if you can imagine this, and he calls out to you, he says, come on in, it's open. And then suddenly 
we who are standing at the door, we start panicking because we see that the door is closed. We start crying and knocking on the door and saying, God, please let me in. And the door is closed on me. And, you know, maybe we start assuming, God, you must not want me to come in. And, you know, God is sitting behind that door thinking, but I told you it was unlocked. And I told you you could come in. And that's what we do because we start looking at circumstances. We start looking at things around us. And because of that knowledge of good and evil, we start coming to certain conclusions. Sometimes we're asking God for what we do not need. And sometimes it's shame or even looking at what other people have that we feel inadequate or we want certain things. But the question is, do you really need it? And do you really want it? And I think that's something so very powerful. A lot of times, you know, when we're praying for something, we just immediately go and pray for that thing. We never stop to think about why we're asking for it. Even if it seems obvious why we should have it, we don't really take that moment to stop and think. And I think that's where meditation comes in and really spending quiet time with God and understanding who you are. You know, God knows us better than anybody and he gives everyone a measure, um, you know, and, and, and that's a measure of whatever it is they need. Do you really want what someone else has to be happy, to be safe, to be whole or even effective? Or has God already given you what you need? You've just assumed from your knowledge of good and evil that what you have is inadequate. And so what if it is inadequate? What if it isn't enough? It doesn't mean that God isn't going to supply you. Just think back in your life when you were praying for something and God gave it to you. Let's say you were praying for, I don't know, $50. Let's just put it out there, $50. Let's say God gave that to you. But is that $50 going to help you today when you're trying to put a down payment on a house or something? No. You need God to provide again for you. And God always knows everything that he has to do for us, through us, and with us. So he's not worried about whether you are adequate, whether you have enough of whatever it could be. Courage, strength, power, influence, uh, connections, whatever it is that you think you lack. God isn't really worried about it because he has all of it. And he knows what you need. If you actually need it, he can give it to you. If you don't, he doesn't have to. I don't want to pose one question to you before we continue. What if God was going to give you everything you need? You just wouldn't know where it would come from. Like, for instance, what if God was going to give you whatever it is that you needed and you you were almost to the point of being a millionaire? You're a billionaire because... You don't have to have anything. God has everything and he's planning to supply everything. So I think sometimes that is where we as believers overlook the understanding of how great God is. You know, Adam and Eve were naked and it was never a problem for God. If God wanted to, he could have brought them clothes long before then. If it were necessary, he would have done it long ago. And I think sometimes we make that mistake with many things in our lives. We feel like we're inadequate or missing something because we don't have it and someone else does. Well, maybe you don't actually need it. (laughs) What I mean, like maybe that other person actually needs that. 
you know, and I think that's really important and key when we look at ourselves and when we look at others. That's why it's important not to compare yourself to other people. Not all people were created to have the same thing, go the same places, be the same. You know, there's these, this uh, idea out there, in, sometimes in Christendom, where God wants you to have everything that you can possibly think of. Well, maybe that's not. Because maybe if you had it, you wouldn't be in the place that you are ministering to the people that you are. Think about that. You probably, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, they love their little middle class house and, you know, their house on the prairie and their dog and their car and their 2.5 kids. But maybe if you gave them $50 billion, they might completely leave that neighborhood, move someplace 10,000 miles away. So you really think about what God is trying to do with a life not what he's trying to do to make you like everyone else. This idea of abundance, it is an abundance in what God has intended for you. So when God asked Adam, where are you? And Adam didn't give a direct reply. God, I'm here. I'm over here behind this sycamore tree. You know, it is important for us to understand what was going on in that moment. There was a, another kind of hiding going on. Because if, if I asked you, if I came into the house and I said, where are you at? You would say, I'm in the, I'm in the kitchen or um, I'm in the bedroom. You wouldn't say, well, you know, I went upstairs and then I sat down, you, you know, and you wouldn't do that. And that's what we're seeing with Adam and Eve when we look at this. It talks more about how they're looking at circumstances now rather than the direct point of the question. And so instead he said, I hid and I told God why I hid. He didn't ask, God didn't ask him that. And then, you know, for me, and this is just me, I feel like the obvious question for God, who knew that he had deprived both Adam and Eve of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would likely ask, you know, why did you eat from that tree? But he didn't. Instead, he said, who told you that you were naked? And then he asked, did you eat from the tree of good and evil? And that's pretty wild, too, because he obviously knew he's, he's omniscient. You see, God doesn't ask that question or assume that this is what they've done or even accuse them, even though he is omniscient. Instead, he asks, he goes through a process of even bringing them to themselves to understand in their own mind what they have done. So he asked the man, you know, if he'd eaten from the tree. He asked the man also who told him. And the man only answered one of those questions. I want to point that out. He did not give a direct answer to God either. If someone asked you, um, you know, if you locked the door and you did lock the door, your simple answer would be, yes, I, I did it. I locked the door. And that's it. But Adam is giving this long explanation before saying, yes, I ate. And the same thing happens with Eve when God asks her. She gives this whole long explanation. And the point is that they also hid from God with words. Instead of just being open and naked in their replies, they hid behind all these, we'll see what had happened was, you know, and that is the problem is that, that we do that with ourselves when we are praying. Think about this. They were talking to God. When we're talking to God, we sometimes have this ability or this tendency to hide with words and ideas. Well, see, Lord, the reason I did it was because when they came in the room, you know, God isn't asking for that. 
he that's why he wants us to be naked before him not just you know in in a physical sense but also in prayer with him and that is what sin did and that is what knowing did it made them less naked before god and so they hid their intentions by passing the buck to the next person as if they were true if, as if it was truly the other person that made them eat it when in reality it was that they saw that it could make them wise and it was good to eat these were the real reasons that they ate to get something that they absolutely didn't need Hence, from that time forward, we have been asking God for things we don't need and also sinning to get things that we don't need and that we already have. Imagine people who cheat on their spouse like you already have a spouse. It's your same body. <laughs> you know, your body is going to experience someone else's body the same way it experiences any other body because it is your body. You're you're not having a new experience it's the same old you and so it's just this amazing you know sort of um i guess deception that we fall into as humans and so we make this mistake by not telling you know um you know the lord exactly what it is that we want or why we're doing it but we hide from the only one who can fix us and that's sad that's really sad and fear comes because of knowledge that's something important when peter looked around and saw the waves that was knowledge coming into his mind not because of actual danger he was not in any actual danger peter was not in any actual danger because one the lord told him to come out there and then two he's standing there with the the god of heaven and earth do you really think he's going to drown so we have to remember that fear comes because of knowledge not because of actual danger there was no danger of peter dying or sinking in that water there was no danger of being ignorant uh, of good and evil for adam and eve there was no danger in that there was no danger of god seeing adam and eve naked because he already saw them naked he created them that way and left them to live like that indefinitely and that wasn't a problem they had never needed to hide before you see we are afraid of pointless reasons we ask god for pointless things which he sometimes gives okay like let's be honest because we're afraid or because you know our knowledge dictates it or because of shame even you know so yes god sometimes even answers presumptuous prayers and i will prove it to you you guys know i don't want to tell you something that isn't So, if you can remember when Israel asked for meat in the wilderness in Exodus chapter 16 verse 4 and 28, these people complained constantly about everything and they wanted meat and not just bread. And so God answered them. He gave them that. He gave them that. He answered their prayer. And then again, Israel asked for a king that they absolutely did not need. They already had one, and that was God. But they asked for it and he gave that to them in 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 6. You can read there. So we see that God he answers sometimes these presumptuous prayers we have even when we don't need it. Have you considered that the thing you keep asking God for that you don't have now is not something you actually need or that you're asking for it because you feel inadequate or or naked or ashamed about something? 
and maybe it's something that God doesn't care about or doesn't, doesn't materially affect your purpose, your life, your survival, or even your personal happiness. Like, think about that. Could this be what Christ meant when he said to take no thought for what you will eat or what you'd wear? Could this be what God meant when he said that the lilies are clothed and they don't work for it? As he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, are we trying to prove our adequacy to an all-powerful God or even to his helpless, fickle creation, which is humanity, who cannot even by thinking about it add one inch to their own stature? As it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, let's look at that. It says, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Think about it. He says they don't even work for what they have. They don't even labor for it. And we feel that this is something that, oh, you know, we have to think about these things. Christ instead tells them to seek the kingdom of heaven because in truth, this is where all abundance and provision lies. You know, you can plant and you can water, but God has to give the increase to whatever it is that you planted, your corn, your rice, your vegetables. God gives the increase. Man thinks he's clever with all of his inventions, but God knows whether your labor or your hard labor and your strategies um, will even work. He does it. He determines whether it will work. Or even if someone just plain gives it to you, it's still all part of God's provision. No man is more adequate than another, and that is the misconception we have. That's why we feel inadequate. That's why we're sometimes ashamed. Obviously, if this person has this, then they're more adequate than me. Or if they have that, then they're more adequate than me. No, God gives it to everyone. He gives whatever he thinks they need to them. It doesn't mean they're more adequate than you. If we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, it says something really interesting. It says, So then neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters, but God gives the increase. So he's trying to tell you that guy over there that you think is doing so great because he planted something, he's nothing because God gives the increase. And that other girl over there that is doing the watering, she's not really doing anything. She's not really all that great. It's because God gives the increase. God will give us according to our labor, whether that labor is in work or in working for God. So that's why you shouldn't feel inadequate around other people or with other people. Let's look at one more verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Think about that. Watering, whether you water or whether you plant, he's saying it's all the same to him. It's all the same. No one is better because this person decided to plant corn or this person decided to water it or this person decided to plant tomatoes or this person built you know, no one is better. It's God that's giving the increase anyway, and he rewards you according to your work, whether you're working with your hands in the soil, at a desk, 
you know, um, working for God to, you know, bring his creation to, you know, knowledge of him or whatever. God is the one who's going to reward you. God is the ultimate authority. He it is that shall decide what the end will be. Our knowledge and fear gets in the way and we doubt God and we ask amiss instead of acting in the purpose that he has asked, that he has for us. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope this Bible study blesses you. I hope you'll take the time to read through and listen again and realize that sometimes what we're asking God for, we don't actually need. It's only because we know things and we see things in the situation of life and we think that it applies to us when God is the all-sufficient one. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray God blesses you. Bye.